Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Backerkit and The Gadget Flow. Backerkit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data, and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am joined again once more with Ron Lynch, CEO, creative director of Big Baby Agency and Bonfire Enterprises with a new product, Rove Gym. Ron, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Roy. It's nice to hear from you. As always. So we had Ron back on the show way back on episode 211, about 30 episodes ago. He's here again with another product launch, his third Kickstarter campaign, Rove Gym, um, currently sitting at over $60,000 in funding. So let's talk about Rove Gym and crowdfunding in general. Now it seems like you like crowdfunding and product launching there. Why do you think Kickstarter is so good and great for companies looking to launch products this way? You know, I think it's really good for individual entrepreneurs and for companies because it, it, it allows you to do so much really solid market testing right up front and get knowledge about both your customer and your product and get people's reactions. It helps you cultivate your creative. It helps you find offers. And it creates transactions. It gets, you know, there's there's nothing like somebody really slapping down money for your product to tell you how they feel about it. The other piece is uh, I think a lot of people are coming into the marketplace with their first product or a new product and they have a company no one's heard of. Yeah, this is definitely it. So I know, you know, four or five, six months ago, maybe we helped launch Backstrong. Now the campaign, you know, done over half a million dollars in funding for it. We always talk about, you know, how important launching and the lead up to launching a product is. With this campaign, was there anything different that you did to launch and see such good success, you know, early on in terms of preparation for the campaign? Yeah, you know, we utilized Instagram stories and Instagram and Facebook ahead of the curve this time very aggressively. So what we did was... I, you know, I obviously shot a, a piece, which is about a four minute and 40 second piece that would ultimately become the video that's on Kickstarter. But I took 57, the best 52nd seconds out of that and created a highlight reel that had no verbiage in it. It just showed the device and it had graphics. And so it was kind of an exciting short TV commercial, if you will, for the product. And at the end of it, we used a lead funnel ad from Facebook to get people to give us their email address so we could notify them of pre-launch activities and the launch date. And that allowed us to utilize Facebook Pixel to deliver, I think, about 250,000 pixels out there and collect about 3,000 pre-launch emails. So we then had a real audience to advertise to. So this product's unique 
given the higher price point and the education necessary to get a consumer to buy into a product, not only at the price point, but also how it's going to help them in their life, you know, overall in terms of health and wellness. Why do you think this product, given all of those factors, was unique and a good fit for crowdfunding? First of all, I think that the product was further along in its design and its manufacture, that it's close to deliver. I think there's been some pretty famous stories of products that have gone on Kickstarter and either have never delivered or had such a long development cycle after their Kickstarter closed that they would have real high customer dissatisfaction. And this product was close enough to actually going into production. They had done a lot of really solid engineering and the prototypes were excellent. So that allows you to create a promise for a customer that you believe that you can fulfill. The photography of the product looks solid. The experience of the product looks solid. Now, in fact, we're utilizing Kickstarter Live to show people in like a real kind of HSN setting, if you will, that the product's solid. So I think that that was critical was for a product of that price point, and we're going between $500, $600, and up to $1,000 for this product, which is really high for Kickstarter. People have to have a high degree of confidence that you're going to follow through and you're going to be able to deliver. What unique challenges has that high price point, if you will, brought into play? And you know, how have you overcome them so far in the campaign? I think that the number one thing is, you know, there's rule makers and rule breakers, and I'm traditionally a rule breaker. A lot of the thorough thinking, and I think it's good thinking for Kickstarter is, hey, keep your video two to three minutes because that's about as long as a person's attention span is for a product. But this product is a gym plus a rower, and there is a piece of exercise physiology that you have to understand in order to want to buy the device. So we got it as short as we could with telling this story, but it was four minutes and 40 seconds long. And oddly or ironically, I've done a lot of infomercials in my day that are half hour and a lot of short forms that are one and two minutes. But per minute, one of our most successful television formats is the five minute. If you look at advertising spend versus return on investment, a five minute infomercial is a very solid and that, that proved to be true for things like rug doctors. I sold rug doctor carpet cleaners for 700 bucks in five minutes super efficiently. And so because of the dollar value and the explanation required, we had to stretch the time, I think. But it doesn't feel like a stretch. We're packed full of information. We get out of the spot as fast as you can. But when we get out of it, you're ready to make a buying decision. So I think that the number one thing when you create length is – Not how much do you have to say about your product, but how much needs to be heard for the consumer at the other end to make a purchase decision. So let's talk a little bit about deciding on target market and audience. Now, obviously, you've got years of experience on this. Did the initial audience or market that you were targeting during the pre-campaign match up with those backers that have come in now once the campaign went live? Well, that's a, it's a really great question, and it's a really great question that's Kickstarter-specific because the Kickstarter audience is a specific type of person. They are younger. They have disposable income. They tend to revolve inside the tech industry or close to the tech industry. They're pocketed primarily in California and New York. There's some things about the audience that may make you – I'm going to say tweak your creative to suit the the crowd. I believe ultimately this product will not be that different when it eventually gets to market into infomercial than say a P90X where it'll have a very large female consumer base and a male consumer base. And we'll have 
probably three or four groups of people rise to the top in the general populace that will want this device that are completely different in demographic, whether they're fitness people, whether they're people looking, look, looking to lose weight, or they're actual athletes or people who consider themselves to be weekend athletes that are looking for getting a faster trigger to their muscle and you know true athletic performance out of it. So this creative is specifically focused, though, at that kind of tech crowd folks in that can have this in their office and work out in their office. It's interesting. Customized creative for the crowd, right? Mm -hmm. So what's been the biggest challenge that you've encountered with this campaign thus far? You know, I, I surprisingly, I, I think that the creative itself answered an awful lot of questions. It, if you don't mind me just ex exposing what kind of a mistake that we made, because I, I think people learn through mistakes is we had to set up a second company for this company because it's a Canadian company and there's an American side to the company. And initially we used a Canadian, uh, they have two, two bank accounts, two companies. So we, we used the Canadian bank account and set up on Kickstarter in Canadian. And it, as we loaded all of the dollar values of our product into Kickstarter and hit launch, it converted all of what we thought were U.S. dollars into Canadian values, which radically threw off the pricing and we would have been out of business in about a week. So we had to close the campaign and immediately fix that, switch all of the data to the American side of the company, and relaunch the campaign a few days later through the American side of the company in American dollars. So, you know, we make mistakes and we learn. And that, I think that's an important thing to note about Kickstarter and just how the process works. Absolutely. No, I'm glad you brought that up. Outside of that, any other big surprises on the campaign so far? It's 96% male purchase. I thought it would be heavily male, but I'm not sure that since I've done a tool show that I've seen, you know, I've done a bunch of power tool shows over the years. I'm not sure that I've ever seen weight so heavily male in a purchase. That is interesting. So what, what should a company consider before deciding to launch a crowdfunding project for, let's say, a health or fitness product on their own? So I think the, the keys are, one, do you have an innovation? Does your product have enough margin that you can express a retail price that's a true retail price that you know you're going to have to cut substantially down for the Kickstarter audience? So you need to have a 4X, 5X kind of cost of goods to eventual marketplace price because that's not the price you're going to be testing on Kickstarter. You're going to be testing the sale price, quote unquote, on Kickstarter. So you need to make sure that you have that margin intact. And then third, is there an actual audience for it? And is there an audience on Kickstarter for the product? There may be products, for instance, now I think I would be reticent to put a female-focused fitness product on Kickstarter. I would probably switch to one of the other crowdsourcing forums that tend to have an audience that's more female if I had a product that I thought was really weighted towards the female audience. I think that's one thing I would definitely take a look at. So you need to have that margin. You need to understand that that margin is going to be the fuel for your product. So And, and then you have the audience. And then tell the, tell the story. Indeed. All right, Ron, this is going to get us into our launch round. You're familiar with this. I'm going to rapid fire five questions at you. You good to go? Good. I'll try and answer them shorter than the last one. Sorry, I'm a little verbose. <laughs> All good. So I always ask this one, but let's see if your answer changes. What inspired you to be an entrepreneur? 
uh, initially when I was a kid, greed probably inspired me to be an entrepreneur. And once I got over the greed muscle and had that flex out a few times and had it and lost it and had it and lost it, it became more about the actual difference I could make in the world that we really focus on finding really quality products and bringing them to people and doing things that improve and make the world better. So talking about being a kid, who did you look up to when you were a kid? Probably there weren't a lot of business superstars when I was a kid because I'm 51. I'll be 52 this year. So they were probably athletes and musicians and probably actors and movie directors. Probably looked up to George Lucas a lot and Steven Spielberg. Nice. What book are you reading right now? What book am I? I'm reading like four books at the same time right now. How do you do that? I, I, I Maybe it's ADD, but I pick one up and I put one down and I pick one up and I put one down. But I'm actually reading a, an, a book on poker, <laughs> as odd as that sounds. It's called Poker Wizards. I'm reading my friend Josh Lee's book called Balances BS. I read books on religion and philosophy and physics as well. I have a strange eclectic taste in books. I, t- I tend to not read fiction. You're so well-rounded. All right, what's what's your favorite way to exercise? Well, probably walking home from the bar. There we go. All right, Ron, last question. What does the future of crowdfunding look like? I think the future of crowdfunding is really interesting and it's going to grow in that I think you're going to you're going to find a coalescence of types of crowdfunding platforms for types of things. I think like Film and creative will kind of coalesce in one of the platforms. And I already see that gaming and actual physical products seems to be coalescing in Kickstarter. The films and TV things don't do that well there. The creative things that are like intellectual property products, but the gaming stuff and the physical products do really well in Kickstarter. So I think you're going to see the shops, so, so to speak, split up into types and I think that there'll probably at some point be some regulation involved because no doubt someone will step forward and will dupe somebody in a painful way because the platforms are actually so loose that I imagine that somebody will get stung at some point and there'll be some form of regulation put on the industry because it's kind of the Wild West and I think that it's operating in kind of a gold rush mentality and those things tend to get regulated over time. And just like Facebook advertising, right? It was a gold rush for Facebook for 12 years. And now they're kind of taking a look at that and going, how should this really be working? Here comes the regulation. I know. But no, we do need it, especially with high profile campaigns like Ossic X that just, you know, kind of went under and left 10,000 backers without their headphones, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, Ron, this has been awesome again. This is your chance to give our audience your pitch, tell them what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should check you out. If you want to have a Kickstarter campaign consulted on, put together, written, or shot, You should look at us at bigbabyagency.com. If you already have a consumer good that's in the marketplace, that's rising and selling, we also have an investment side of our business that considers consumer goods. And we take those companies from probably $500,000 in sales and we grow them into corporations that we invest in that hopefully do $100 and then there's an exit for everybody. And that's Bonfire Enterprises. So we have both of those companies and I'm easily reachable at ron at bigbabyagency.com. Awesome. Audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for notes, the transcript, 
links to everything we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Backer Kit. And if you love this episode as much as I did, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Ron, thank you so much for joining us again on Art of the Kickstart. Thanks, Roy. Nice to talk to you. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you again next week.